Hi, welcome back to the Mandarin Blueprint Podcast, episode 121. I uh, hope everyone had a good Christmas, and obviously New Year's probably going to be about the time this podcast comes out. So, Happy New Year as well to everyone. A um, couple of quick announcements, I suppose. Well, one, we have now officially added uh, instalments on the course, and we've gotten rid of the monthly subscription. So, anyone that wishes to purchase the course, as I mentioned, I believe in the last podcast, we'll be able to do so using installments, which is going to be way better. Because obviously the installments are a bit more expensive than the average monthly monthly payment. But once you finish the payments, which can be two, three, four, sorry, two, three, six or 12 months at the moment, you're done and you own everything for life. So uh, hopefully that's going to work out a lot better for people. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, it's quite a short one today because the the holidays, you know, not many people are really interested in sending comments uh, to us because they'd rather be spending time with their families and stuff. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a shorter one today because not that many comments come in. Uh, so we're going to start off with uh, John Namora on a bonus video called Build on what you already know to learn Chinese. So he says, I'm convinced you need a systematic mnemonic method to learn 3,000 plus abstract symbols. It is working well for me. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, albeit a long tunnel. Thank you for this great system. Yeah, I just want to touch on this video as well. Um, build on what you already know. The concept is pretty much what the entire curriculum, the Mandarin Blueprint Method, is based upon. Um, the reason why we structured, structured it exactly the way we did, you know, components or pronounce, pronunciation, pronunciation, components, characters, words, uh, sentences, etc. Um, because you never learn something that's outside your scope of knowledge. Uh, you're always building upon things. You never learn a character without knowing the components that make it up first. You never learn a word without knowing the characters first. Uh, occasionally you can see top-down words, of course. That's what we call words that you don't know the characters for yet. But generally, that's that's the idea. And that's the opposite of how traditional methods go. And not even just traditional methods. You know, a lot of uh, new courses and apps and do this pretty much do the same thing, just dressed up better, you know? You're not just ramming stuff into your brain without a foundational understanding, which is pretty much what Phil and I did for the first, at least the first year of our learning journey with Mandarin Chinese. So um, with building what you already know is an incredibly important concept and it's how everyone should learn anything really. Start small, build a foundation and build upon that foundation. So well done, John. Scott Mason by Community. Scott's a new member and he just introduced himself. I thought I'd share it on the podcast as well. He says, I'm Scott, I'm an ex-New Yorker and long-term resident of Kyoto. I translate technical docs for a living. Awesome. So I guess you're, you mean, I'm assuming you mean Japanese, right? Which is very impressive. And I, I would also be interested to know, Scott, if you could comment or send us an email. Uh, once you're further into the method, do you think that learning Japanese first gave you an advantage with, our, with, our, with learning Chinese? Because Japanese, I, I believe, I, I know very little about Japanese. Phil knows a lot more. Um, he he was he visited Japan. He learned Japanese for a little while, um, but uh, it's all it's all based on traditional characters, right? It's, obviously, they have a very different pronunciations and things like that. But there's, I believe that you learn in order to learn to read Japanese, you need to learn several thousand traditional characters. So I wonder if that would help. Uh, I assume it would. He says hobbies include BJJ, awesome, 
Me too. Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, DIY, and cooking. Uh, I don't do cooking, actually. My wife's too good at it. Goals for learning Chinese are to be able to meet and get to know people. Awesome. That's pretty much the highest level goal you can get. Connecting with other people. And learn cooking from natives. I love the Sichuan food. Yeah, yeah. Sichuan food. I guess I'm biased with that because I lived in Sichuan for like eight years. But uh, yes, it's fantastic. Uh, the cool thing about China is it's got like, I believe it's got like eight major sort of fields of cooking from different areas of the country, probably more. And each one is just incredible in its own way. So uh, yeah, you could spend your entire life learning about Chinese cooking and I don't think you'd quite learn everything. So awesome, Scott. Welcome. Keep us updated on your progress. And next we have here uh, Jason Pond. He sent a couple of messages actually this week. Uh, Jason always he's very far into the course he's made great progress and he always sends uh, very poignant um, useful comments and uh, questions so let's have a look he says oh this is on meat fan it's just a lesson uh, where you you're seeing the word meat fan in context so you're getting sentences and it's based around our new structure which Jason's going to talk about says, I'm loving this new course structure because I now can get through a lesson much faster. Now characters, words, and vocab, which is an amazing feeling. So just quickly, we, we, we previously structured the course for the last two years since we started, January 2019, actually. So yeah, about two years now. Um, it was, <clears throat> you learn a character, and whatever words you unlock, we show you those words immediately. Uh, and then, of course, they come with sentences. Um, and so... And that, but now we've switched it around so that we, we you learn for for the entire level you learn all the characters boom 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 in a row, and then at the end of the level we show you all the words and the sentences that come with that. He says, but then I get to sentences <laughs> with fifty new sentences. It takes days to get through because uh, obviously he's very far into the course, and the the further you go, the bigger the levels get. So you know they start off you learn like uh, five characters a level, and by the time you get to like level fifty, you're learning like. I believe it's like 50 or 60 characters a lesson, a level, sorry. I know there's no way around this. It definitely changes the pacing of a level. Before, with the pacing being very consistent, character, vocab, sentence, the overall progress of a level seemed very slow and sometimes demoralizing to the extreme. Wow. But now, with this pacing, there are just two parts. The words, they can take four to five days, depending on how many I learn a day, which is reasonable for me. And then I feel another three or four days just to learn all the sentences. The pacing is split with a bursty start, as in characters and vocab, finished with a sluggish end sentences. Anyway, just my experience thus far. Well, that's great. That's kind of what we wanted. And um, you could always just, you know, and it gives people more of a, of a bit of a choice as to how they want to take on the entire curriculum. They can go through, you can go through, sorry, and do just characters and words for the entire curriculum and then work your way back and just do sentences. That could work too. Um, and thankfully, we learned, we learned a lot of stuff because we spent so many hours not just um, teaching it live, uh, maybe you know a couple of years ago for about, I believe we did it for about a year and a half maybe, uh, every week teaching it to a live audience and then it was online live classes and then it was just making the course but now we get to talk to people all the time at least once a week each of us have a meeting with, on average sometimes twice or three times even uh, with a member just 
talk about their experience with the course and we get so much cool feedback from that it leads to changes like this and um, a lot of it's based on instincts a lot of it's based on um, feedback from you guys so please keep the feedback coming there's actually a whole part on the, the mb community forum all about it's called course ideas please get involved there if you feel that there are some improvements could be made um and we do actually listen to everything or just get in touch by email it's fine too so i'm glad that's working out uh, as we had hoped it would awesome jason hank elliott on vocab unlocked from shu as in lao shu the shu he says, uh, though I am probably nearly as old as you, although I love this comment, I, just, I had to put this in. Though I am probably nearly as old as you both put together, I still envision Luke and Phil with one body and head gently evolving from Luke to Phil and back to Luke and back to Phil, etc. My favorite teachers today. By the way, if anyone's getting worried by this, it's this is to learn the word. It's, it's like a mnemonic visualization technique for uh, link <laughs> for uh, learning compound words. So we do a similar thing with the hands of moving method, only much more in depth, right? With uh, actions, people, places, objects, very systemized. But um, when it comes to learning compound words, it's good to it can visualize and stuff. Or you can just find an image from the internet and put it in your flashcards. Um, but either way, it's fine. But this is he's sort of going into his <laughs> imagination here. He says, or a kind and gentle two-headed friendly monster or beast of Chinese fluency with Luke and Phil's heads and wearing the robes of a professor gradually but relentlessly yet gently shoving tons of Chinese language knowledge into my stupid little brain. <laughs> the Luke Phil, Chinese monster of language professor, I see spilling Chinese characters all over the place like a pig, a pig pen spreads dust. I didn't quite get that last bit. Spreads dust. dust. You mean mud? Um, but that is just—it really put a smile on my face. Thank you so much for that, Hank. It made me laugh out loud, genuinely. So <laughs> awesome. Uh, next, we have a uh, Jason Pon, and this is a just a quick uh, question. I believe we've answered it before on the podcast, uh, but it's, I think it was a while back. Um, it's about m as in shum, the m. So the, the, the m at the end of the word what in Chinese, shum. Often, it's used as a question mark. So let's have a look at his question. Morning, have you eaten breakfast? And you notice that I pronounced it m with an m-a. When it's, even, even though the character is m, m-e, right? But when it's used in this situation as a question mark, it's essentially interchangeable with m, uh, that character which is also in the, in the sentence. It says, why, why is m used to pose the interrogative here? Shouldn't it be ma? So yeah, basically the short answer is um, it's just interchangeable and there's no real difference. It's just kind of a, a tonal thing, a, as in the intonation. Uh, it's maybe a bit more playful, perhaps. Uh, certainly less formal. Uh, so that's the only difference, really. And the next one here is, again, from Jason. Um, and uh, it's another interesting question where he has uh, the sentence that we provide uh, in order to uh, see the word gay in context as gay means to give. So here's the sentence. Compared with buying stuff, shopping, So instead of buying stuff, like compared to buying stuff, giving hongbaos as in like money, packets of money is a better birthday present. And he's, he's asked, what usage of qi is this? I suppose it's either 
preliminary assessment or beginning to do an action as opposed to getting up, waking up. Yes, of course. So good, good, good eye. So it's um, it's actually a compound word. Bichi. Bichi is actually a really useful word, meaning compared, comparing to something. When compared with. And the reason why it's when compared with is because the chi is kind of a uh, starting to like picking some, imagine like it, it, for me, it brings to mind the actual image of picking two things up and looking at them. That's what chi does. So I, I thought of a couple of other examples with, where chi is used as the second character in a compound word. And there's a very common pattern where it's all sort of up. It also coming up, so like chi is to rise. That's the official meaning of that character, uh, and it tends to mean that in compound words too. So, look at these examples. Xiang qi, as in xiang qi lai, xiang qi means to think or to remember something, as in to pick something out of your memory. It's, oh, I remember, right? So, oh, I remember now. Uh, so that's like coming up out of your memory, isn't it? Yin uh, qi. Yin qi, so yin, means uh, to attract. And in this context, yin qi, it means like yin qi sao luan, like uh, to create a riot, to cause a riot, to bring into bring into uh, reality. Yin qi zhan zheng, uh, cause a war. That's how I usually see this this word used. Or, you know, it's something, it doesn't always have to be negative, I suppose, but uh, that's what qi is doing. It's bringing it into reality, up. That's, that's the direction I, I feel that as being. Xian means like you have a cover on something, you take the, the cover off. So in order to do that, you have to bring it up, right? Xian qi. Xian So this is a bit more abstract. So short qi is to, to bring something up using speech, like bring up a topic. Um, but it's often used as a rather formal way of saying, speaking of, you know, so you've just said something in conversation. So, oh, speaking of that, Shorty, and then you'd say that thing in carrot. So again, it's uh, and this this one. So these are all verbs, right? And then I saw a, I thought of a very probably the most common one out of all of these qi words is ichi, as in one rise. Okay, which doesn't really make any sense uh, when you don't. You don't think about chi in this in this way. If you think about chi as meaning like to to bring something up into like to call, to to start something, to create something, it's uh and then you think of the meaning of ichi means together, or as one, right? So it's one and then creating it. So you're sort of creating two things or however many things as one together. I think that's quite cool. Um, so yeah, that's that's what the T is doing when it's at the end of a compound word. Uh, I couldn't see any examples. I was sort of going through a ton of examples. I couldn't think of any examples that, where it didn't really follow this pattern. So it's very cool. Chinese is like that a lot, where it's, it's quite consistent. So I hope that helped. Um, those are all the comments and questions we had this week relating to uh, podcast-worthy stuff. So let's move on to the movies. So for anyone that doesn't know, there's a link in the description where you can learn about what movies are. The best way to do that, though, is just start a 14-day free trial. So we used to give a 7-day free trial, but now we give a 14-day free trial of Phase 1 and Pronunciation Mastery. So well over 300 video lessons. 
uh, to give you an idea of what the course is all about. And in phase one, that's where we teach your characters. So if you want to learn about these movies, the hands of movie method, the best way is just to go and try it for yourself. Uh, most people master the technique between 10 and 20 characters. Uh, and then they have this amazing technique for learning Chinese characters they can apply to 3,000 if they like, or more. So uh, Will Rady has been sending in tons of uh, uh, really well-structured uh, uh, movies. I, I really like the ones that he does because um, they're just so easy to follow and very systematic, and just very clear. So this is for E, which means meaning in Chinese. This is rather abstract, right? Let's see how he handles it. Always, I'm always interested in seeing how people handle abstract words and uh, people come up with some really cool stuff. So, E, uh, that's obviously the YI actor in the bathroom or the back garden. The tone represents the location, of course. The props are speakers because that, that actual that prop component as a character means sound. And, a, and then heart, which is actually a heart. So, speakers and heart. How does he convert that into, how does he interact with those objects? to mean meaning let's see so the e character can hear a mysterious heartbeat just hearing it and it's really loud and distracting just cannot use the toilet <laughs> with that distracting heartbeat actually in the bathroom right so the actor cannot use the toilet because she is too distracted by the heartbeat noise so she gets her speakers out and blasts the audio from her speakers to counter the heartbeat soon after a big angry floating beating heart appears and he yells at her what is the meaning of this now that's audio only and i like to have some sort of visual uh, reference if possible but sometimes it's it's tough to think of and a lot of times as well just audio especially when it's something this sort of i don't want to say iconic because it's not what's the word my vocabulary is not great but um you know what is the meaning of this it's very you just you can see that and you can everyone knows that intonation and it often comes with a a gesture, a very well-known gesture of like, what is the meaning of this? Um, uh, so yeah, so I think that would work very well. Uh, even better if you gave the heart hands, hands and legs to sort of do stuff with. But uh, very well done, Will. Next one here is from Rick. Rick Santos on Jian, uh, uh, which again is fairly abstract. It means gradually. So let's see how he handles it. In the garage of the AN set, where her car, that's tour, that's the middle component, is parked, Jean, be the actress or actor, is gradually loading box by box of water, that's the, the left side component, the three drops, water bottles, into her car, carefully watching the weighing scale as it gradually reaches the payload limit of her car. And yeah, that would be great for slow motion because, you know, that would show the gradual nature of what she's doing. And she even like reacts gradually as well, perhaps. Um, yeah, really well done, Rick. Nice and simple. Hit ticks all the boxes like it. Next, Christine on make a movie for uh, Bien, uh, which means uh, to uh, edit. Yeah, Bien Ji. She says her BI actress is outside the entrance of her AN location. She has the job of editing a new Chinese movie using a flat, old-fashioned chalkboard. That would be the right side component. The silk dresses worn by the actresses are especially problematic. Wow. So that one sort of you have to leave that to your imagination a bit to imagine what's going on on that 
uh, chalkboard um, <laughs> or on, on, the, on the actual, the, I guess it's kind of like a movie that's playing on a chalkboard. See, that's how I imagine it. Maybe Christine imagines something completely different. But I'd often, that's why I often like these sort of short, succinct ones because uh, they leave so much to the imagination. But yeah, I think that would work very well. Thank you, Christine. Next, we have Nick. Uh, make a movie for Shao, uh, as in Jie Shao, like to introduce, which is a standalone, it's not a standalone character. It's only used in context of other compound words. <clears throat> Never used alone. So he says, Sean Connery, that's the SH actor, is in the bathroom at Lifetime Fitness, that's the AO location, when what appears like an invisible woman in a silk dress and Aladdin's genie, ah, that's the right side component, which means to summon, so that's very good. Come prancing in. Well, well, Jeannie, looks like you've gotten acquainted to someone new here, Sean whispers. She's a 10, Jeannie. Jeannie gives Sean a wink, smiles, and carries on with his new date. Very nice. Yeah, it would, it would be cool. It's very good. It's very funny, um, very visual. I like it very much. But it would be cool to actually maybe see them be introduced because that's the verb, right? That's the verb of of the character, that's the keyword that we're trying to visually show. So rather than them, them already being acquainted and Sean uh, comments on it and uses the word acquainted, actually have Sean introduce the blind date. It's a blind date, right? Uh, and just, you know, you, you have that idea and the genie sort of like falls in love at first sight and then they start having a wonderful meal together. Um, that, that, that would be great if you could do that. Um, but yeah, it's a really cool idea. Well done, Nick. George on Make a Movie for Fun, which means to let go. Franz Beckenbauer, no idea who that is, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure lots of German people would, uh, enters the bathroom of my ANG set. What's that? The tap dancer is taking a shower. I guess, yeah, the tap dancer would be the right side component, right? Because that right side component actually means tap or knock, apparently. Never used alone. That's the definition already always given. This damned stalker bothers Franz since, for weeks, and now he's even in his bathroom. Franz picks the brick. That's the fung, because fung means sort of square or rectangular, rectangular sort of shape, and gives the tap dancer a hard slash. Uh, I guess you mean sort of whack. Then he grabs the bad guy and puts him outside on the balcony. That's the only way you can deal with these people. Letting them free and let them do whatever they want is no alternative. I like that. Okay. You can even play that. Yeah. So just lets him go on the balcony. Oh, do you mean puts him outside? You don't mean drop him. That could also work. It's a bit more, it's not very nice, but you could also just let him go <laughs> as his punishment, right? Um, that would be definitely more a bit more memorable. Maybe you meant that already, um, but very cool. I like the backstory of the stalker as well. <laughs> very good. Well done, George. Next one here is uh, Robert Carver on make a movie for uh, tiao, as in to jump or to leap. Uh, it's also used in the word uh, tiao, which means to dance. So Tyra Banks, the actress, the actor in this scene is in the bathroom at my AO location asking Zoltar, that's the fortune, oh nice, the fortune teller arcade game from the Tom Hanks movie Big, right? So it's because the right side component is Zhao, which means omen. So that's very cool. To reveal her true love to her. So yeah, so yeah. 
asking Zoltar to reveal her true love. Suddenly, Frodo, that's the, uh, the foot component, that's very good, jumps out from behind the arcade game and stretches his arms out and grins in the universal here I am gesture. Tyra jumps in shock and then quickly jumps out the window, <laughs> disgusted, at the <laughs> disgusted at the idea of a tall supermodel dating a short hobbit. Frodo tries to give chase, but the window is too high. <laughs> and he can only repeatedly jump up and down, calling after his true love as she runs down the street and jumps into the first taxi she sees. So he said jump about three times to really get the point across. Um, I think that's a great scene as usual, Robert. Well done. Very hilarious. Or just hilarious. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well done. And she's got one more here from um, Will Rayleigh on uh, Ruan, which means soft. It, always, always, it struck me as a very interesting uh, pairing of components. You know, car and uh, ten, which means like to owe someone. And I just I thought, why are these? I always thought, why are these together? I'm sure there's some reason that would take me about five seconds to look up but I'd, I'd like to keep the mystery. So we've got Knight Rider, very good choice for the car, and Tien, which means, again, which means to owe, and he chose a credit card for that. Very cool. Ryuk is the Death Note Shingami. Well, I, I watched that a couple of times. It's a great show. At least the first season is. Um, set AN, living room. Right, let's do it. How are you going to use a Knight Rider and a credit card to represent soft? So the furniture in the living room is not soft enough for Ryuk. Rook gets his credit card Chen, out and says out loud that he will pay to go somewhere softer. Knight Rider, the, the car component, hears Rook and drives through the living room and opens up to him. As in like the car opens up. Knight Rider offers Rook to sit inside Knight Rider and enjoy the soft furniture. I can even imagine that guy's uh, voice. I can't remember the actor, um, but the one that did the voice for Kit, inviting him in. And Rook pays by credit card and sits relieved inside the Knight Rider. It's so soft. Ah, just lets out a nice relief sort of air sound. I can even imagine him swiping the car itself, just to, you know, don't need to have that, but just, that's what I'm imagining when you describe it. That's, that's definitely a detail I would add in if I was to do it. Um, fantastic, that's actually, uh, that might be, no, Roberts is my favorite of the day, actually. But um, Will Rady, the last one there is a close second, only because I'm a big fan of Death Note. Um, so well done, guys. Thank you very much for those uh, comments and emails as usual. Please keep them coming. And I will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye.